0: I'm a big fan of things like troubleshooting, things like ask questions, reference documents, which you help the customer get what they want from it because a set of instructions is really only the first stage in understanding and sharing information. The next stage is to use the product or to help you get what you need from it.
1: Welcome to the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast. Where Ram Ramkumar of Document 360 finds the best SaaS self-service knowledge bases in the world and then interviews their creators. Let's get started with today's episode. Good day everyone. Our guest today is Kenneth White, technical writer at Wizlab. Welcome Kenneth to the Knowledge-Based Ninjas podcast. Uh, Kenneth, please help us understand a little bit more about yourself. Uh, Your um, LinkedIn profile talks a lot about you in the the space. So help me a little bit more. And then how did you initially get into documentation?
0: Of course. Well, uh, first off, Gary, thank you very much for inviting me on here today. It was um, a real real treat to be asked um, when you contacted me via LinkedIn. So uh, I've been working in IT for about 20 years now. But for the last ten years, I've been working as a technical writer, and uh, I initially um, started at uh, Transport for London on a large, um, a large QA project that they had. But when I look back at my other IT roles, writing always played a part, and uh, the main, um, the main role that encouraged me was uh, at Trainline. Um, I worked at Trainline for five years as a, a technical support officer, and. We had a, a very—it um, was the start of people using APIs, you know, using shared um, shared resources, mm-hmm. and we needed um, we needed instructions for the customers. So the um, the account manager Ian Cairns and I, we, I started developing instructions for him in areas like how to use our test harness, how to troubleshoot errors, you know, what to what to look for if they got a particular exception back, and uh, I find I really enjoyed that sort of uh, role. So I, I left Trainline initially to become a trainer, but I found that there were far more writing jobs. And as time went on, when I was looking, um, I found the writing side much more interesting than, than um, giving training courses. So I decided mm-hmm. to concentrate on that. And uh, and I've, I've been very lucky. I've got to work with some, um, some fantastic companies on some great projects. Um, the variety of... Um, you know, areas that I've worked in has been um, has been a real surprise, and I think that's why I've enjoyed it so much. I've, I mean, I'm currently working in data analytics. Um, I've worked in, in banking in the past. I've worked with uh, life sciences and yeah. um, genomics. I know you know genomics is a very very hot topic right now the, the, the business of um, business of your genes. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I've uh, I've worked with transport. Um, I've worked with. Um, consumer internet I worked at Virgin for a while so it's it's been um yeah it's been a really enjoyable because I didn't really enjoy work until I became a writer um and I and I think through, I think that that maybe sounds a bit harsh but I um I I did jobs that I I um I could do reasonably well but it never really felt like my thing
1: just adding to your vast um, industrial experience, you do have a degree in Slavonic and East European studies, correct? Right?
0: I do indeed, yes. So, so has um,
1: this unique skill set influenced your technical writing career?
0: I think it's helped a great deal. Um, when I went to university in Glasgow and said that I was going to study Russian, people did wonder what I was going to do with it after. Um, at that stage, I was just um, in love with the subject and I had a fantastic five years. Um, you know, I lived in Moscow for a while. And um, what I've tended to find with IT as an industry is um, the amount of technical resources that companies in Britain use who are based in, in um, countries like Russia, um, Romania, Ukraine. Um, and um, currently, um, Vizlib has offices in Poland and Lithuania which um, I was um, thrilled to be able to visit Poland last week. And um, you know, just having a little background about the culture of people's countries um, and a couple of words in the language, it is amazing how, um, you know, how much help that can be and how much more smoothly it can make your work. So um, directly technical, um, it maybe hasn't influenced, but I would say in terms of getting, um, you know, getting my work delivered, in terms of improving working relationships and and, and uh, working environments, it, it's been a real you know a real plus.
1: Nice, uh, it's it's nice to see how different things comes and helps in different angles. Uh, no, I
0: know, i <laughs> I think I think everyone's. I, I, no one's been more surprised than me. Um, but it's, it's it was only in the last um, the last five or six years where I thought actually you know it was almost um, it was almost as if um, I was building up skills to finally apply them. At, at this stage in my career, and, and, and it's um, it's been something that I've been really quite uh, quite pleased to see. You know, it all yeah. makes sense now. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> true. Let me. Uh, we'll come back to your uh, career and journey a little bit uh, in depth uh, in a few minutes. But before that, can you help us understand what's your documentation process at Wislib and uh, who is normally involved in defining such processes? Yes, yeah, certainly. And,
0: uh, The documentation process at Vislib is really based on a CI approach. So we have continual updates to products. New features are being introduced. New products are being introduced. We call them extensions at Vislib. Um, We currently have the um, the Estrato platform, which is due to go live um, next week. And um, for me, documentation usually starts with a technical interview. And uh, I speak to um, technical SMEs. That could be a developer. It could be a product manager, it could be a, a DevOps or, or architect, and uh, we look at what's going to be required in the document and, and, and what I need to concentrate on. So I'll get an example um, of the, uh, either the new feature, the new product, and uh, I'll take it away. I'll write out the instructions or any you know, particular um, particular information we feel the customer needs, and it's reviewed by the technical SME. Um, if anyone else needs any input, if there's maybe input from a, a commercial point of view or, or maybe from support, um, we can certainly add that as well. And uh, then the article is published. So I usually publish um, updates every week in some some shape or form. You know, the, the, It's not something that, uh, you know, that, that tends to get left for too long. And I find I've really enjoyed the speed of what I do at VisLib. Um, To work on, you know, Projects where you maybe don't have a release for you know a couple of months, or um, you know, releases maybe postponed, and you have a lot of changes to uh, prepare at one time. Um, mm-hmm. To have a constant stream of changes that you need to um, you know keep track of, and try and you know, attempt to release um, as the product is going live. And that, that's what um, um, I you know I try to aim for myself. That you know if the product feature has gone live, then Documentation needs to be updated to reflect that as quickly absolutely. as we can.
1: Yep, absolutely. That's so, very true. That's very true. Uh, Gret, so, how, with all these um, frequent releases and updates to your documentation, how do you manage your documentation workflow?
0: Um, I have a JIRA board uh, where all of the updates uh, come through. So, the, the JIRA ticket will be worked on by uh, you know, development or a, or a product team. And um, once the feature is cleared, I'll get the ticket. I'll make the update myself. I'll say, you know, yeah, an update's been added at, at this location. I usually include the URL, and then we set the ticket to released. So mm-hmm. it means that it means that at one glance, I can see exactly what I have um, in the pipeline, exactly what needs to be worked on, anything that's being worked on at the moment, and anything that's completed.
1: True. Uh, So, as I said, let's come back to your uh, journey, amazing journey again. Uh, Two months ago, you posted on your LinkedIn marking your 10-year anniversary of your first technical writing assignment. Um, So, if you could go back in time, what advice would you give yourself?
0: I would say perhaps um, maybe enjoy it a bit more. You know, I, I, I was very keen for my first couple of jobs, and and I, I was, you know, very keen that I would succeed at this. So um, I took it all very seriously. I think that you know, I, as I progressed in my career and my confidence grew as a writer, I think it was maybe an issue of that. You know, there was, um, it was something very new, and I, and I wasn't really sure how good I was at it. You know, I, I, I'd always enjoyed writing, but I never really thought of myself as, you know. I certainly didn't see myself as a great journalist or, or, or a great uh, a great author. Um, mm-hmm. So um, to find that I could write about processes and that it was something that I uh, I enjoyed doing from a mental point of view, I quite like breaking. You know, a failing of mine as a student was that I always saw the end process. So if you spoke to me about say a PhD, I would just see you know hundred thousand words of work. I wouldn't see you know three or four years working towards that. <laughs> so, um, so it, to me, um, working on certainly working on products, it means I can break things down um, mm-hmm. and tackle them a stage at a time, uh, and, and I found that to be a much more productive way of uh, working. So, yeah, I, I think um, I think I would encourage myself to to take that approach in the very beginning because I used to see. I mean, my first um, assignment was it was four days at a, um, a satellite company. Um, who um, used their satellites to track ships and shipping? Um, so I, um, I just saw that I had to produce a document by the end of the week. I didn't look at you know the research. I didn't look at you know, you know perhaps doing you know one section and then coming back to the rest. I looked at you know having to do all the everything.
1: But, uh, yeah.
0: So so yeah, I would. Uh, the, the advice I would give to any any writer if they feel they struggle is just to try and break things down into you know.
1: So, just extending to that question, Kenneth, uh, what are your top tips for getting hired as a technical writer?
0: Say yes. Um, I um, I've been very lucky to um, to have such a, a great variety of roles, but I've um, I've always tended to have quite a pragmatic approach, particularly at the beginning when I needed experience. Um, I didn't really turn down any work at all. Um, I had um, a four week um, contract at a firm called monetize create and it was a, a best practice project for their um for a, an external pitch they had um, but it gave me experience with mobile so you know I, partly i would say well you know, why do you want to take a contract for four weeks if you could go for something longer you know anything else um, but that four weeks experience got me my next role which was for six months and that experience got me my next role so it, it, it's about uh, i think don't don't see any job as, you know, something you, that you do forever. Look at it as, as something to build on. Um, and I did take that approach at the start. I mean, I was I was very lucky to be hired at, at TFL, but as my time progressed, I could see that, you know, my skills were developing. I was understanding a lot more about what was required by as a writer in general within an organisation. Um, and, and and once I could see that, I saw the chance to have, you know, my first degree, to, to go back to that, had a great breadth of variety I studied um, film studies, politics, history, economics, languages um, i've always felt most comfortable and enjoyable when i've um, been in a general setting and and, and i can um, 've got a bit of variety so that's been um's
1: been a yeah. So, um, as I mentioned in the beginning of the call, um, the vast amount of uh, experience from different companies and also from the educational background has definitely added um, various advantages to you. And uh, your, uh, and that, also, that has also given you um, ability to develop skills in many types of documentations, right? Like you mentioned product user guides, API docs, technical yes. reference, etc. But what is your favorite type of documentation?
0: My favourite type, I think, one that a customer says, um, you know, it's helped you. I, 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 if um, you know, if, if a document helps someone, you know, complete a process or, or makes their job easier, I think that I think that would probably be my favourite. So I, I'm, I'm a big fan of um, um, things like troubleshooting, things like mm-hmm. frequently asked questions, um, you know, reference, um, you know, reference documents, which you know, help the customer get what they want from it, because a set of instructions. It's really only the first stage you know, in, in, in understanding and, and sharing information. Um, the next stage is to, you know, to use the product or, or, or um, to help you get what you need from it.
1: Um, yeah, so I, again, that also directly helps the company to reduce the amount of support yes. tickets that, that could be raised, right? Yeah.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's um, from a from a, from a pure writing point of view, I actually quite like doing reference documents. See, so, you know, tables of tables of information, sorting information into a table, making sure it looks, you know, regular, everything else. That kind of thing I quite like as well if that was what you were meaning. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Great. Uh, can you help me understand a little bit about your team structure, like how many people are there in your team currently and uh, how do you report on your documentation? Who do you sure, report, yeah. etc.?
0: Yeah, Yeah, no, so um, the current size of my documentation team is one. It is uh, I, it's something that I, I take myself Professor Vizla And for most of my career, I have worked as the only technical writer as, 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 in the project or in the organization. Um, so it's it's not something that I planned or, or, or set out to do. It, it, it just uh, it just always seemed to be the job that I you know found interesting. That was uh, usually a company that hadn't had a technical writer before or only needed one one occasionally. So uh, so currently I, I report into the, the chief operating officer at Vislib Carl Temple, mm-hmm. um, who, who who may well listen to this. I'm going to say he is a very nice man and he's taught me an awful lot. Uh, <laughs> yes, he's uh, he's. Uh, a very good, um, very good in terms of um, helping me manage delivery and helping make sure that the um, the continuous integration we have um, is reflected in how we update our
1: documents. So. Nice. Um, again, um, in the last ten years of your career as document in the in this field, what has been the most important innovation when it comes to document tracking? I think
0: version control is um, something that I, that I use at the moment, which I help. Uh, Currently, we have Freshdesk um, for visible products, and it means that I can roll back a change immediately um, if we you know, if a change is required, or I can um, you know, publish another version immediately. And uh, I think, you know, tracking something that's been used, is used within the Google Suite, which I find a big help. And I think, you know, probably if you were, if I was going to name a, a particular, um particular documentation tool, I would say the Google Suite as a review tool. And in terms of track and changes is, is um, you know, very helpful to me because everyone knows how to use it. So it doesn't matter who the SME is. They're usually able to make updates and improve the document.
1: Great. Uh, I'm guessing your current documentation is a publicly available one. Is it, Kenneth?
0: It is, yes. There are public sites for Vislib community. We call the Vislib site for, um, for our um, product solutions. And mm-hmm. uh, the Estrato Help Center is currently live. And... Um, Starting to get noticed. Um, so, here we got, uh, you know, in terms of generating search traffic, that's, um, that's an area that I didn't really get involved in um, before Vizlib. Um, the marketing team who, um, you know, who have uh, helped me understand about things like sitemaps, um, things like SEO tags, it's been a very interesting experience.
1: Great. So, in that case, uh, do you know if uh, Vislib is generating any organic search traffic from your knowledge base?
0: yeah I mean, we have um we have viewing figures so if uh, um we can track the number of views that a document gets we can also track uh, likes and dislikes so um if if, I, if anyone likes the article they can leave a comment if anyone doesn't like the article for whatever reason they can um they can leave a, a thumb down they can also um you know, put that comment into words which helps me a great deal um it means that we have um you know a record of um what may need to change in the document, and I can start looking at how to, how to update that. So I, I, I find that I've got a very good feedback loop with our, our support, um, support staff, You know, was very good at passing on any suggestions to me and any, um, any comments from customers.
1: Nice. So I think with that, we are done with all the uh, general questions, uh, Kenneth. So should we move to the rapid fire one? Just three more okay. questions. Yeah. Yes, sure. Who oh, have you learned the most about documentation from in your career?
0: Um. I think that the only um, time that I've worked with a large amount of um, other authors was at Transport for London. And because it was my first job, I was very keen to learn from them. Um, so I, I think um, you know, most of the authors that I worked with there were very, very helpful in um, you know, setting out just what the job involved and how best to, you know, best to apply yourself within, within a project on, on a piece of work. So
1: Nice. Can you share a documentation-related resource you have consumed recently?
0: Yes, uh, um, I have a a LinkedIn contact of mine called Julian Maynard-Smith has uh, written uh, um, The Ultimate Guide to Business Writing. So it's available on Amazon Mm -hmm. and it's available in in, in Kindle form as well. Um, And it's a a very, very comprehensive um, guide to any questions you might have about creating business documents, understanding how to write for a particular audience, um, how you might like to to format and lay out. Um, documents. So, so I'm gonna um, I'm gonna say I've been very impressed with the way Julian's managed to bring together so much information into one resource. It's 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 great.
1: Great. Can you name the book one more time? uh can I?
0: Certainly. Yes. It's uh, the ultimate guide to business
1: writing. Ultimate guide to business writing. Fantastic. Yes. Nice. So my last question to you today is: What is that one piece of documentation-related advice you would give to your twenty-year-old self?
0: You know, you sent me the questions before this and I I just keep laughing when I see this. Because I I, I don't think my 20-year-old self would believe where I am now. Um, I I think I would say that uh, writing takes many forms and you're going to end up doing it. So you might as well accept that and enjoy yourself a bit more. And you have absolutely no idea what is going to happen next. Yeah, you just won't. You just won't believe what's gonna. You you will not believe where you end up because I certainly I, I I look at you know twenty years ago my aspirations and and, and what I wanted to do and and it's um yeah it, it's very different from where I am now.
1: <laughs> That's Nice. Thank you so much for that, uh, Kenneth. Um, just uh, anything else I missed to ask you today, or uh, that you would like to convey to our uh, audiences?
0: I don't think I've. Uh, I've got anything else personally. It, it, it's just, it's been lovely to talk. I mean, I, I think I've um, i have jabbered on quite a bit. Um, it's, it's been lovely to talk about my, my career um, in, in, in this way with uh, someone from the, the profession. So um, thank you very much for that. I would say that, um, you know, the product I'm currently working to support is launching this week. So if uh, anyone hears anything or sees anything about a strato, please be sure to click through and follow. Um, particularly if you're... Um, involved in data analytics in any way. Um, I think it's, it, it's really quite a unique solution we've got.
1: Nice. So good luck with the product launch, uh, Kenneth. So Thank I, you very I'm, much, I'm sure it's busy time of the uh, year for you with all the um, documentations to be in good shape for the new launch. So again, once again, appreciate all the time you've taken to um, spread your experience to the audience and uh, good luck.
0: Thank you very much, Gary. All the very best.
1: Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Knowledge-Based Ninjas podcast. Please head to iTunes, rate, and provide honest feedback on the podcast. See you next week.